Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Cadena, decentralized trading, staking, and more with CADEX. Hosted by the Action CEO. Let's take a listen. Hey, hey, Husky, can you hear me? All right. Cameron, can you hear me, buddy? So make sure this thing's actually live and working. Yes, sir. Awesome. Yes, sir. All right, let's see if Nicholas can get up here as well. Oh, he is up here? Yep, yep, I'm here. Oh, uh, what's going on? <laughs> All right, people are filtering in a little by little. It's one of those things, try to start it, you know, before the hour hits. It doesn't matter. People are still going to funnel in because they're getting those notifications and they're, you know, rolling in a little bit at a time. Cool things that, you know, um, I want to do something special for the people that, you know, just commented on that post that I just, you know, put up. So I had Rory and I, I didn't post it too far, you know, too long ago for a good reason. Um, Rory just posted. He's, he's got a new, what is this? Uh, oh, power supply. And he's going to get a nice gift from me for being the first one to comment on that post. So win, win all around. One of those things, try, try, try to make it not only interesting to engage but rewarding as well all right while we got people funneling in for these next few minutes how you two doing great great doing really well uh things are starting to calm down a little bit with all the development activity we're getting to kind of feature completeness fixing all the bugs on the front end um so things are looking really great bugs i'm over here looking hey when is that that little gamepad gonna have some games in there that, that's what I'm, you know, always curious about. I was like, man, I want to play, I want to play something like Mario on here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were, we've, we've obviously been thinking about that since like day one. Right. Uh, yeah. Incentivize, incentivize people to like play the game, kind of gamify it a little bit. Um, so that's definitely in the cards. That's awesome. Yeah. I know it's always nice when you're able to do more than just what you set out to do, which is, Kind of what I want to talk to you about, because Cadex is a lot more than what it was when it first got announced, like a lot more. Yes. Yes. And we kind of, you know, we've had to pull back on this because we we all are very passionate about, you know, the opportunity we have to build, but also, you know, some of the things we can fix, everybody bringing in their own ideas about pain points they have with DeFi. And we just... Honestly, like three times a week in our engineering meetings, we sit there and just throw ideas around. And so at a certain point, yeah, we had to stop. We had to stop coming up with fun ideas uh, because there's just so much you can do. And it's ended up uh, turning into just a remarkable platform that I think, I mean, I truly think is pretty well positioned to be the foundation of DeFi in the Kadena ecosystem going forward. Yeah, I mean, you guys are definitely in a good position. And it's crazy to think about how we're still in the infancy of things being built on Kadena. Like, it's it's wild to look at it that way and just how far we've come. And even this last year, like, there was nothing. There was nothing out there a year ago. And now we look around and there are things being built left and right. And I think that the ones that build it well, that build it right, that build community while they're doing it, I think are the ones that are going to really succeed in the end. Yep. Fully agree. Fully agree. And I do think that, you know, now that there is, you know, some code base out there, some packed code base with a couple of projects going live, that that's going to be a jump off point for a lot of developers to be able to pull from that, tweak it and launch a new project. So I think by doing all of this and being being at the stage we are with projects coming to maturity, we'll start to see some more 
projects launch and get an acceleration of project diversity in this ecosystem? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was really hard to get started and kind of go, wait, I need to learn this whole new thing. And there's like no nothing I can copy paste from that. that I think that must have been like the hardest thing for you guys to kind of, you know, get off the ground and get going. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and and because because the logic of Pact isn't exactly analogous to uh, Solidity or other smart contract languages, it isn't it isn't like you can just transition an idea and um, translate the code from Solidity into Pact. There's different logic structures and functionality that you need to consider when doing it so it creates it creates good opportunities to come up with new ideas but also doesn't make it very quick yeah absolutely um coming from a a dev background i completely understand what that's like jumping from you know a one platform to another that have nothing to do you know with each other but it's great it's great it brings out um the best in people i think i mean the ones that kind of um do do transition over to different things are the ones that you want there that are the ones that are capable of doing more than just, you know, copy and pasting some contracts at the end of the day. Right. And changing, you know, the, some parameters to, to make it match a new language. So that to me means that the right people are building the right things. All right. So 1205, we just want to make sure we get this thing kicked off. Right. Today we are talking about Cadex, which is a pretty stinking amazing platform. Um, it's end-to-end decentralized trading on Kadena. And we have Nicholas, the CEO, to kind of give us a run-through as far as what's going on over there, what they've built, what they're building, and what we can expect here in the long and short term for this pretty awesome project that is, uh, like I was saying before, a lot more than I thought it was going to be at, at the beginning. So, Hey, Nicholas, it's awesome having you. I'm so glad you're able to make it out and share a little bit about what you guys are building over there. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, so my name, Nicholas Ramsrud. I am the CEO of Cadex. To give a brief overview, if you guys haven't heard of Cadex and what we're doing on the Kadena blockchain. So we're we're taking the uh, inherent benefits that Kadena offers as an infrastructure, as a, as a scalable multi-chain proof of work layer one, and uh, building a DeFi platform that fixes a lot of the problems in DeFi. And what I mean by that is a lot of the complexities, the, you know, the costs associated with proof of work DeFi, uh, the complexities of having to understand gas, uh, navigate through AMM pairs, the complexities of providing liquidity and having to understand impermanent loss and all that comes with it. We've set out to fix a lot of those things and make kind of uh, a user-friendly DeFi platform that also has everything anybody ever needs. So with that comes uh, a, a DEX that has everything that you need from analytics to staking mechanisms for profit sharing, but also we've created with it a full DAO stack and protocol so that we can have the token holders guide us into the future in developing what they want as a next generation of DeFi. And we're just now, now that we've launched uh, August 1st, we launched the DEX. We're getting to the point now where we're uh, starting to put the final touches on the DAO stack and going to start doing test proposals in that and get that rolling. Uh, and so I can go into all the all sorts of details, but overall we've been averaging about uh, one million and twenty four hour volume over the past what now twenty four days, which has been really incredible. Our TVL has been continuously increasing. We've stabilized right around seven million in TVL. Uh, our staking numbers are just unbelievable. At sixty three percent of the total circulating supply is staked. Um, so the whole system is just working phenomenally well, way better than I could ever imagine. And what we're seeing is DeFi in Kadena come alive and people starting to participate in it daily. Uh, and when I think about, you know, so many people staking the token, which is also the mechanism that you accrue voting power for the DAO, as well as seeing sustaining one million in volume every day, it's, it's just remarkable to me. I didn't think that we'd be uh, seeing this level of success from this young of an ecosystem this early on. So 
just just I'm super proud of what we've achieved, what the community has shown in terms of support of what we've done and really, really excited about the future. No, I mean, I'm pretty pumped about what you guys are building over there as well. And you just gave me a whole lot to unpack right there. That was that was pretty awesome stuff you just talked about. But I'm going to start from the beginning. Why did, you know, CADEX become a thing? Like, what was the driving force into building this ecosystem in the first place? Yeah, I think that, you know, so I joined the the CADEX team back in, um, let's see here, November, late November of 2021. Um, so I wasn't there at the beginning, but uh, we, you know, for the first couple of months of, of me joining the team, it was just understanding the vision and starting to put real programmatic structure around that and how we were going to achieve that. And like I said earlier, before we got started, those, those early meetings really started to fill out what was possible. And what came out of that is this understanding of because Kadena is a scalable proof of work layer one, we can approach DeFi and in this case, decentralized exchange technology differently than other uh, decentralized exchanges and solve a lot of these problems, you know, with Kadena having the ability to uh, point transactions to a gas paying address with gas stations we can remove the experience of gas away from the user since we can scale properly we can do multi-step transactions on behalf of the user and make it a fetching business plan since we're paying for gas and so we can solve the user experience instead of having to go and trade against a pair you can trade across multiple pairs in one transaction and, and it just simplifies the experience down. And then we were, we all just hated the liquidity provisioning mechanisms of Uniswap. And I mean, it got, it got the job done and got the mechanism that you wanted to happen down. But what it provided was a mechanism, whereas the user had to understand the risks associated with it in order to uh, provide liquidity. And that was understanding how much they needed to put in from both sides of the trading pair. So 50% of the value in this token and that token, as well as what impermanent loss is and how volatility and changing token prices drives that. And so that's where we decided to make something that simplifies it down with single-sided liquidity, uh, as well as creating a programmatic uh, booster to offset the impermanent loss experience because of volatility and token price movement so that you make a more approachable DeFi experience. And that's and that's been this idea that we've grown into this entire time is it started with just a, a more simplified and approachable D, uh, DEX experience. And then as we started going that that kind of extended into the wallet experience and the necessity to create X wallet. And now as we've gotten to this point, it's understanding that we really need to simplify even further and take CADEX, the website, as that's the back end to DeFi. And many of the users are going to be through the front end that is the wallet and bring the DeFi to the user, further simplifying it down. So it's all in the name of creating a very simple user experience that really takes the risks out of it and makes it very easy to understand. Because I think I truly think that's going to be the pathway towards adoption of DeFi. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I mean, if the more complicated things are, the more you're going to push people away. Um, so since you weren't at the very, very beginning, I'm going to ask you an even more interesting question that I don't know if other people have ever heard or, or have the guts to actually ask you, why the heck did you join this little tiny thing? What, 10 <laughs> months, 10 months ago? I mean, just, yeah. it doesn't, to me, it doesn't make sense. And you can't yeah. say money. Money is not a good answer. So you got to give me something else. Cause I know you no. were at a company for a long time before jumping on board. So That's tell me right. about that. That's right. So I had I had gotten into crypto uh, like in 2015, 2016 and gotten enamored with the technology and cryptography and, and the idealism of what it could achieve in our world. And uh, that's that's how I got involved with with cryptocurrencies, with Bitcoin and Ethereum early on and um, started to just get 
get involved in, in reading and researching. And so I've made a little community of people where, you know, they would pass me projects and have me uh, review them, uh, which ended up turning into uh, me getting involved in the background on a couple of projects as, as kind of like a tech advisor, helping develop blockchain technologies. I ended up, you know, advising on a couple enterprise level uh, blockchain projects as well. And then uh, that's when early, early 2020, I got uh, somebody passed me the Kadena white paper. And, uh, and I read that and I, I still remember, I won't ever forget this experience because I was on vacation and I was, I was uh, camping at a cabin um, when I, I took the white paper with me and I, read read through it and i got to and and there had been at that point already so many proof of multi-chain proof of work parallel chain proof of work projects that all run into the same problem and that's communication overhead right when you start adding chains the communication in that network scales to the the power of the number of chains you add right so that is the problem you have exponential communication growth and you run out of you run out of bandwidth so you you hit you hit a ceiling so it's not really practical and so i was kind of like well here you go here's another one right and then i got to the portion on on graph theory and how uh particularly uh linking different chains to different other chains in the network at a certain pattern can get full penetration of all the states of all the different chains through the network while linearizing communication overhead. And I'm sorry, this is a little dense, but anyways, I had to, at that point, set down the paper. Um, and I just had to ruminate on that for a little while because the, the implications of it were so big. And I was like, this is it. I, this is going to be the future of blockchain of proof of work, blockchain because this just solves the problems and you know then after you know i i had digested that for about a day i came back and finished reading about pact and everything and at that at that moment i said i have to get involved i have to build on on a blockchain like this this is where you're going to do it and solve some of the problems and i had i i had come up with a couple of ideas and and had gotten to the point where I was thinking about launching a project and um, so I had made some connections through all of that. Right. And that's how I got this opportunity. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's no way I'm going to pass up this opportunity, dream opportunity for me uh, to lead a team building on what I think is going to be the future of blockchain technology. So that's just a little bit about my past and how I got to this point. No, that's awesome. I mean, that, 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 I, I, I don't know how many times I've heard the story of, I read the white paper and I was like, oh my God, this is revolutionary. I need to get in now. I, I hear, I can't tell you, like weekly, at least one person tells me that exact same story. So you're not alone. A lot of the people that are early birds into the Canadian ecosystem are exactly like that. They just, you know, it, they're sold out. It's, it's like, I'm done. Like, I don't need to read anything else. This is it. This solves the problem that we have been facing for so long when it comes to um, blockchain technology. That's, you know, that's where we're at too. So it's, it's exciting. And it's not only are you building something cool that the community can use, but you're, you're actually have a similar story to a lot of us, which is kind of awesome as well. And talking about community, something that um, somebody was asking me about was why, why did CADEX not have any VCs? So this was something that we really believed in, right? And this this Bitcoin ideal, which is you know money for the people by the people, no centralized control. DeFi, I believe, is an extension of that idea, right? Where you have instead of money, it's it's financial tools for the people by the people that are built without anybody pushing on it to be anything other than what the community wants, and. If you get, I mean, if you've ever been in a situation where you have, you have a startup and you have VCs, they all bring what they think is success to the table and they drive that vision. And so inevitably what ends up happening is you have a group of people who have given you money in order to operate and they want to see it done how they see it's best. And I didn't think that that would drive the best vision for the Kadena ecosystem and that we really needed something that was going to be theirs. And that is going to be success. And I, we've seen 
we've seen DeFi explode in other ecosystems and a lot of copy and paste and a lot of um, a lot of what VCs can do to DeFi in other areas. And it's all not necessarily pump and dump, but it's all hype driven expansion as fast as you can go. And I don't believe in that. I think that we need to have a long-term view about what we're trying to achieve and we need organic growth and we need to build now the foundation of an ecosystem because this isn't building on Ethereum. It's not like there's DeFi that's here before us. This is what we're creating is going to be what sets up the future. And so we didn't want anybody uh, to to give their opinion while we were building, we wanted to build something that achieved what we wanted to set out set out and do, and then hand it over to the people through the DAO and let them decide what the future is. I mean, that's awesome because now we can literally say that it's our platform. You know, as we kind of come into this whole thing. But can you explain a little bit how this DAO works and what the goal of it is going to be long term? Yeah, so the the DAO actually is a Swiss association. So it is a real legal entity. It is titled CADEX DAO and it has within, and this is something that we did a lot of research on, right? Looking at the best practices of other DeFi projects. We took a lot of what we've done in terms of our legal setup from DYDX. And um, what that ended up having was a bifurcated legal structure, meaning you have a software engineering company, CADEX US, and you have the uh, Swiss Association, which functions as the DAO, which is CADEX DAO. And in that, there is a legal paper called the Articles of Association that defines out how decisions are made within the DAO. So there's a governance committee, which are real individuals that now are comprised of two people from our team and they're expanding to a third very soon that uh, sit at that seat in order to carry out the actions as described and detailed out by the articles of association. And in that articles of association, it says membership is, it's basically legal paperwork that outlines how our, our, uh protocol actually operates it says if you if you own kdx and you hold kdx you are uh a member of this dao and you have a say proportional to the amount of tokens you have and with voting power that is accrued through the staking mechanism for the duration that you've staked and so it basically lines it out so it is a legal representation of our protocol and so when we have a proposal created and the the people vote towards a proposal, yes or no, that becomes a legal thing that needs to therefore be be carried out by the uh, governance committee. And in the future, as we mature this technology, it will become programmatic so that like, you know, let's say. Uh, somebody proposes and says, you know, I want to run a marketing campaign. I need 50,000 KDX. Uh, here is my address and yes or no and people vote yes doing so will automatically disperse from the kdx treasury to the account that they listed in there so we'll get it to that maturity in time but right now what this allows us to do is have real world actions carried out real world people to have agility and efficiency there but as defined by the token holders so uh, it's really cutting edge legal um structure that we've learned from from the best of the best in the industry Yeah. And it's exciting to hear that you're doing it the right way, because that's the biggest fear when it comes to crypto is like, all right, they're doing something cool and exciting. How long is this going to last before somebody comes, you know, comes in and says, yeah, you guys aren't doing it right. We are going to have to dismantle this whole thing. So hearing that you guys have put the thought behind this really, you know, it, it makes me feel good that I have that I have, you know, um, KDX state. Let me put it that way. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, it, it's, it was a thing in the background that nobody saw and nobody really understands the benefit of. Um, and it's honest to God what I spent, I spent half of my time in the early days, half of my time, uh, with the development team, putting together project plans and doing, uh, development reviews, engineering reviews, and the other half of it doing legal stuff. And, you know, just to, to carry out the same pace of development as my team, I needed to focus on it with about half of my time. 
um, so that we would get we would be able to transition into something that the community can own, but that has sustainability. And that's the biggest the biggest thing about this is we're all we're all building this looking for, you know, at the 10 year timeline and making sure that this is going to be robust enough so that, uh, you know, nothing unfortunate happens and, and no governments can really shut it down. Wow. Um, I, if nobody has told you this yet, well, let me, I, I, if I'm the first, that's OK. Um, I get it, man. It gets lonely at the top. People think like, what, what's this guy doing? And all the, you know, you're just got your head down working, trying to get things done for the community. And nobody realizes how much work and effort actually goes into the back end of things. So I appreciate, you know, that those efforts, because it, it definitely I mean, it's the unsung heroes of the blockchain space are the people that are trying to do this right and actually spending the time doing it right. So thank you for that, honestly, because um, it not only, you know, builds a great platform, but sets a precedent of how people should do it long term as well so that legwork is not only going to benefit you know kedex um as a company the dow itself but i mean you're, you're talking about uh, in my opinion when you do something this this large it's going to be millions and millions of people that are going to be affected by it from the new projects and things that are going to be coming down the line so I, I do appreciate that so much more than i don't think anybody can even express um going back to you know the things that you guys do because the dow is pretty cool um and staking is how you said that the DAO will operate depending on how much kdx people have staked and how long it's staked for but you have you know the swap which was the first thing i was like okay they're going to be a swap then uh they're staking then there are pools and then now there are farms like what's the difference between all of those yeah so the the underlying technology is what's called an automated market maker and that's just a contract a smart contract that allows users to insert liquidity and so take their tokens and put it into this contract at a certain uh well i guess we'll leave the ratio thing out but um they get to put in their tokens into that contract and then the amount of the tokens between those is what determines the price of that is being offered at any given time and so as a user trades in on one side and they pull out of the other they 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 change that price and relationship right so that the liquidity pools is how the whole thing works and the amount of liquidity in there makes it so that the price doesn't change much with with volume so like right now like let's see here hold on let's pull up the liquidity for the KDA. So KDA KDX pool has 5.8 million in liquidity in that pool. Right. And th those, that is all individuals that put their money in there. And when you trade across that pool, you have 0.3% of the value of your trade gets pulled out and 0.25% of it is given to the liquidity providers as, uh, as their reward for providing liquidity. Right. And then the 0 0.5 or 0.05% of that goes to those that stake. So staking your KDX is just another way of uh, getting in on the action. That is the, the fees going through our platform. And so if you stake it, you get your a slice of that 0.05% uh, of the fees in accordance to how much of the pool you the staking pool you own right and so um that is how the financial side of it works and when we were thinking about like okay how do we solve the problems in the dow which is um you know you have the tyranny of majority those that like they have so much kdx or can buy their way into having a massive say in the dow uh we didn't want that to happen and so we wanted to put on their voting power accrual so you have to you have to stake it in order to grow that voting power so you can't just buy your way in you have to also support the platform by staking it right so we've created this kind of a symbiotic protocol all the way through so that you have kind of an overlap between the swapping as well as the DAO. And if you are aligned in the interests of the platform, you get a little bit on all sides. You get voting power accrual and some fees shared your way. So it's it's beneficial for everybody. So I think by that way, we'll amplify the uh, number of KDX staked and, and create a you know an illiquid supply while also getting higher participation in the DAO. Yeah, I mean, I love hearing that because otherwise it just becomes, 
you know, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to compare it to this necessarily, but we love proof of work here. Like I got to say, proof of work is where it's at. Um, you don't want it to become a proof of stake, right? So having that time frame put in there, I think is huge to preventing exactly what you're saying. The more money you have, the more power you have. It's more than that. It's are you part of this thing? Do you believe it or in it or not? Are you in it for the long term? That also matters. And I think that's huge for the platform. And I'm really glad to see it going that way. Yeah, and really, it, this the voting multiplier is a four year multiplier. So we did this very intentionally, right? We were all looking to long term uh, success, and so we really hate the the mechanisms of voting where you know the little guys their voice gets washed out, and that there's there's not a lot you can do about it. But what we can do is multiply the power of that vote if they stake for a long time and over four years they get up to a 2.5 x multiplier so their number of votes that they've got is the same as as somebody that is two and a half times less of their position at two months so those that stake long term have more say than those that don't stake long term. So uh, I think by this way, you know, we can amplify the voice of the little ones to having more voice in the long run, which I think is going to be powerful. Yeah, I mean, that's a way to create community right there. The people that are in it for the right reasons, I'm sure they're in it for the long term anyway. So you're just basically empowering those people to say, hey, we actually do care. And we want you to have a say in what's going on here. Now, I'm looking at zero gas fees, and you kind of mentioned gas stations. How, how does that even work? Because you're, you're supposed to earn from trades, but there's no gas fees? Like, how, how, do, how does that function? Right. So, so gas, like if you go and trade on Uniswap, you, you get dinged twice. You have to pay gas, which can be, you know, all the way up to $150 to swap. And then you also have to pay that, that 0.3% trading fee. So you get dinged twice. So it has this, it causes an opaqueness on the true cost of trading unless you know about it. Right. And that was one of the problems that, that we see with, with DeFi is it's, you know, if you expect somebody coming out of, um, you know, traditional kind of, I guess, traditional finance where the costs of doing things are upfront and it's one fee, it's one fee. Uh, we wanted to have that same effect. Right. And so with a gas free trading experience, they don't have to worry about the cost of gas, why gas fees change with congestion. They don't have to worry about any of that. All they have to worry about is that that 0.3 percent trading fee. and so. What we have is a gas station that all of the trades through our platform point at by default. You can turn it on and off if you want to prioritize your your uh, swaps to get faster processing during times of congestion. But by default, the gas station pays the gas of the users so that, you know, it really simplifies the experience down. Now, um, obviously, you know, we had worries about like, okay, is this going to be a money drain on us and so we did we did our testing through our beta platform and i can't remember exactly how much i think we put in like 35 kda into the uh into the gas station for the beta platform and over six months it burned two kda so for us that is a cost we're very willing to take on in order to provide this kind of user experience. Right. And so in the future, that's going to grow, but still, still, even if it burns, you know, I don't know how much even to throw on it, but even if it burns a couple hundred dollars a month worth of KDA, it's still worth it for the user experience. So that we're going to, we're going to keep that going. And then we have the ability to scale across chains. Uh, you know, if congestion starts to happen, which congestion will start to happen at some point and start to have uh, different trading pairs on different chains to, to segregate out the congestion and the traffic. Um, but, you know, that comes with a whole slew of user experience problems that we've got to solve before we get there. And so we'll be able to minimize gas consumption all along the way. It just comes with different problems to solve. I mean, the, the gas free experience is pretty awesome. And just thinking about it, like 
how does that impact slippage? And I mean, the worst thing I hate about Uniswap is front running. Is there, you know, mechanisms in place that will assist with that? So you can never really stop front running or, or MEV in general, minor extracted value. You can't stop it because it's an open network. Everybody can see the transactions as they're happening, but you can minimize it because in, in Ethereum or high congestion single chain ecosystems, what you inevitably have is if the user doesn't pay the gas fee to jump to the front of the line, everything gets processed from top to bottom. So the highest gas fees get processed first. So if you're looking at current prices and you're like, oh my gosh, there's an opportunity for me to sell my token at a higher price than market rate. Let me go sell my tokens. And uh, they put the run of the mill medium or low because they don't want to spend a lot in gas to make it happen. Uh, What ends up happening is that opportunity can be gone by the time that it gets down to their transaction because they didn't prioritize their transaction with high gas fees. So because we can scale block, we can make it so that blocks are never full so that everybody's transaction, as soon as it's uh, sent is processed in that block or the very next, depending on when it happens in the consensus mechanism. Right? So you can minimize the amount of ability for front running and MEV. And so that's going to be something that we're paying attention to. Our scaling plan has us paying attention to all the analytics and the traffic. And so that we'll implement, you know, our next phase of version two, when blocks start sustaining above 70% full. So, so that we can really dive around that so that there's never any of this, like, Oh no, I need to up this to three uh, KDA on my gas or something crazy just to get my transaction through and take advantage of the opportunity I see. So it's going to really simplify it all down. You'll see much less opportunities for people that are more technologically advanced to take advantage of other people. That's awesome. And like the cool thing about it is that it's, it might sound complicated, uh, you know, in theory on how to actually do this, but when you actually go to swap, you don't think about it. It just happens, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's that will be I've set the ground rule that we are not going to impact user experience for the sake of scaling. So even when we have because right now with our multi hop swap, which is going to be launching here pretty soon, you'll be able to just select. You don't have to worry about what trading pairs exist. You just select the token you want to give and the token you want to receive. Super simple. Right. And it doesn't matter if you have like Kish K and you want uh, KDX, you can swap those two. And it, yes, it's two different trading pairs, but it will navigate through them both, right? And even when those are on different chains, the user experience will be the same. You'll si- sign one transaction and it will go from one chain trade and then move to the other chain and trade and it will take care of it for you. And so that's that's our my base level expectation on anything we build. I, I'm really excited to hear that because I think that has to be the standard moving forward when it comes to, I mean, projects in general building on Kadena because what chain are you on? What chain do I need to select? I mean, that can get a little bit cumbersome for a lot of people. Like, where's my KDA residing? What chain do I put it into? So that that definitely has raised questions and it's something I've had to like walk people through as far as how it works. So simplifying that process, I think is going to be huge. And you're going to, I think, set the tone for what's to come in the entire ecosystem, I believe. Yeah. We're with that, that kind of thought goes all the way back even to X wallet, because I, I really want to get to a world where it doesn't matter what the, application architecture looks like across what chains or how it's split up. Um, I want to make it so that the user doesn't have to know. They don't have to know what's on what chain or how to interact. Uh, And that starts with XWallet, really. That's going to be an XWallet technology and something that we have to focus on, uh, this chain abstractor. And how we can create something that the we just get rid of chains altogether and the the user just connects to the application and it says it communicates to X wallet or X wallet knows what's where and can generate the transactions to navigate through the chains with ease 
And so the user never has to know. And that's going to be what I think will be the, the future of Kadena and the usability for Kadena so that we can get that level adoption that we want. Because people are comfortable with single chain ecosystems. We need to get to that level of comfort of just being as simple as a single chain. And then we need to think about how we supersede that and get beyond it. And I think we have a good plan for how to do that. That's awesome. I mean, you're talking, that's all music to my ears because we got 20 changes on Kadena right now. And that's what, 480,000 um, transactions per second, which sounds like, oh, wow, that's a lot. That's better than Ethereum, you know, is going to be able to do. But um, I'm not looking at Kadena, you know, for the next couple of months. I'm talking about the next decade at least. We're going to grow and we're going to blow this thing out of the water. So those 20 chains might be increasing um, the more we develop and, you know, having the foresight to get that done now. I believe is going to set, you know, X wallet for success. And I am a, a converted X wallet user. I got to say, I've, you know, I was on Zell core for a long time. And once I jumped onto X wallet, I love this thing, man. I, it's, yeah, it's a whole different experience and I, I'm pretty excited. I probably have like 10 KDA left on my Zell core wallet because th this thing is definitely, you know, um more user friendly and you know the integration with different projects launching has been a lot greater than zellcore so thanks for that as well one other piece that i saw um i kind of kind of was reading about it and i want to know where this is actually going you mentioned that you're you know you're building for multi-chain and you're going to have more connectivity but what about bridges and multi protocols like when is that happening because i definitely read it uh that that's part of the plan yeah, I think that something that, you know, we're talking about simplifying DeFi down, right? I think that we have um, we have an opportunity here to create cross-chain DeFi in such a way that simplifies moving in and out of ecosystems. Um, so it's, it's technology we're looking at, technology we're trying to wrap our head around. And uh, I know because we've seen this in other ecosystems, this technology is going to, to come about, right? And so we are, the way we're building and structuring, everything we do is in the anticipation of being able to have uh, tokens incoming from other ecosystems and be able to navigate them through the platform so that we can have that, you know, one single step transaction that might even originate from outside of the ecosystem. So uh, that all in the name of simplifying DeFi down to get something that's way simpler. Now, of course, what we're talking about here is uh, way down the line and is more, you know, a waypoint, a vision marker for where we're, we want to head and where we're all convicted as, as to what the path needs to be. That technology is stuff that we're only starting to see with projects like Layer Zero um, with, you know, cross-chain uh, general communication protocols. Uh, so it, it is a big problem to solve, but one that we're positioned and ready to adopt. Yeah, I mean, just having that on um, your website, knowing that that's part of the plan long term is, again, one of those reasons why I'm pretty happy staking my, you know, my KDX, I, you know, if the future you know, has those things in it. I'm no, no doubt that the, my, my token value is going to go up and talking about token, you guys, is it 1 billion or 900 million? What our total token supply? Yeah. Which one is it? Cause I think there was, there was a 10% burn. Is that right? Oh yeah. We, we ended up burning, I think it was 9.9% .9 of the supply, uh, after the token sales. And so we were 1 billion. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're hanging out right around 900 million. Yeah. I mean, that, that's another reason why, you know, just the numbers just make sense um, because you guys aren't like, oh yeah, we're going to take 25% for the team and, you know, another 25 for VCs. The breakdown to me is really like, it, it rests me assured that the project is headed in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of, what led to that percentage um, breakdown? Um, you know, like 5% is low, very low for a team. Why did you choose that number? Well, it goes, it goes back to the same kind of thing that we were talking about with no VCs, right? We wanted to really, we were so focused on long-term sustainability 
that we were worried about having too much dilution uh, and having you know, token vesting events, right? Where you have these cliffs where tokens become available and, you know, you can't control uh, what people do with their tokens after that point. And they're totally free to sell them if they want to. And I, what I want to do and make sure that we had was community at the forefront of every decision we made from day one, which was everything from, you know, not having VCs to minimizing the amount set aside for the team. And yeah, it is, it is made things more difficult because, uh, you know, you naturally have a portion of the team tokens where you set them aside for strategic advisors, for, uh, partnerships, helping things or having it there to help things grow. And since we didn't have that available to us, it kind of, you know, hampered some things and made some things a little bit more difficult. But now with the Dow live, you know, we've got the treasury uh, finally live that, you know, that can start to take on some of the burden of that. Um, But again, you know, we were just focused on long term sustainability and doing what's best for the community. Yeah. And I have no shame in saying this, like, um, you actually, you're putting your money where your mouth is when it comes to those things. Like, it doesn't matter that I have 20,000 subs on YouTube. Like I applied for, you know, to, to kind of join the, the KEDEX experience and like share about it. I wasn't even accepted. So you guys are super selective with the money. And like, that's actually a good thing. I like that a lot. Knowing that you guys, you know, don't have a lot to just be throwing at people because that at the end of the day, like you were saying, that will devalue the token. And I feel a lot better holding KDX knowing that you are selective, that you care about where those tokens are going. So it's 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 a good thing, in my opinion. Um, I was, you know, like I kind of try to explain to people, you know, that you guys are essentially the the unit swap of Kadena, but with everything that you're saying and explaining, I I, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do that anymore. It's just it's a whole lot better. Um I know we're, what time is it? Yeah, we've been at it for about 45 minutes. I just want to make sure that if anybody has questions, guys, feel free to raise your hand. Um, I will, you know, make it a point to get you guys up here because this is not about me. This is not about Nicholas, but like he was saying, it's about this incredible experience that we're trying that, you know, KEDEX is providing to the their users um, by creating a DAO, by allowing people to interact with coins on the Kadena blockchain um, in a whole new way. And, uh, you know, Kadena blockchain now, but like he was saying, a lot more in the future, be able to earn as well um, with, you know, staking it and having a say in where this thing is actually going long term. So if you have questions, please feel free to raise your hand and we'd love to, to hear from you and have you guys come on up. Um, while anybody has questions, raises their hands, it's, it's easy for somebody to create something new and say that this is going to be the best next thing and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. What took, um, what was the deciding factor for you to say, yeah, we're going to build something cool to actually making it happen. Um, when it comes to those engineers, because you're talking about three meetings a, a week to figure out what's going to happen. Um, how many of those did it take before it actually clicked? Like, all right, we got it down. We're running with this, this, and this let's go. Yeah, it, um, you know, so my, my background is in enterprise hardware and software development. And, uh, that world was a very well-defined world where you have a problem statement, you have your team do research and you define it out and you maybe you maybe end up defining about 90% of the protocol and how it's going to work before you really start working. And then you start going and you have, you know, course corrections, et cetera. Um, this was very, it was, it was way more organic and um, that's just the, you know, this space. And I think that I, I came into this anticipating to have a white paper and say, this is our Bible by which we're going to develop. But that's not going to be that is not agile and it is also something that limits you in being able to think outside of the box because you have such a hard line that you've just set right and so when i joined you know we spun up the engineering team we did spend some time doing uh a, a lot of product development and just scoping of what we wanted to accomplish but once we got to a spot where we felt like you know we were 
maybe 50% of the way there in what we wanted to accomplish, we just started going because what we understood at that point was, you know, I, I trust my team wholly and all of them in the realms and expertise that they have. And through that product development, I get, came to really understand and trust them and what they were able to come up with ideas and how they would fix and solve certain problems. So you, we just started moving. And as we went along, we, we would meet regularly uh, three times a week going through different topics. We would talk about different parts of the protocol and it was everybody that including those that did touch it, but it was open talking, right? It was just kind of brainstorming session. Like this is where I'm at. These are what I'm kind of struggling with. I can see these problems upcoming and we would just talk them out. And it was very agile and we were able to make course corrections along the way and create something that I truly believe is way better than if we were to set down a hard line and draw up a white paper on day one. So and I've taken that learning and taken that through everything that we're doing now and beyond, um, because what what I have gotten comfortable with and what I've learned is that I don't have to know exactly what the future looks like and exactly what the product should be, because everything that we've done up to this point, my opinion has completely changed. And if I just put my foot down and said, this is what we're going to do in, from day one and had stuck to that, I would not be as thrilled with what we have uh, today uh, because of it. So I, I going forward, we are we're going to kind of maintain this agility, uh, agile development environment and and uh, be very open to to course correcting along the way. Man, like it, it takes a lot of I don't even want to say guts. It's more than guts to be willing to not only do it, but publicly say that, hey, I don't have all the right answers and I've come to meet great people that do have better ideas and we're doing what's best, not necessarily what I think. That's that's awesome to hear that you're actually on that boat where, yeah, you you do want the best and it's not necessarily what you came in with. It's what you want this thing to end up being. That's more important than anything else. Um, that's pretty awesome. Um, Kadena Life, I just brought you up as a speaker. I saw you had your hand raised. You got a question? Yes, I do. I do. First of all, I'm really stoked to be a part of Cadex, to have heard about it when I heard about it. Um, I really feel this is one of those, uh, as long as, um, as well as Kadena, one of those uh, 20 opportunities that we get in our lifetime. So far, um, you guys have just been stellar and everything is so sleek. Everything works so well. And uh, just really happy I stuck with it and I, and I remained loyal. Um, because uh, you guys are delivering. So that's, that's just uh, some props on, on one hand. But on the other hand, my question to you, Nicholas, is you know, there's a lot of new projects popping up on Kadena, and a lot of these guys don't have much uh, manage, managerial experience. And I was wondering if you had a book or anything that you recommend. You know, I'm reading The Lean Startup, for example, that can help uh, us, who are small project builders, um, navigate the the management of our team is there is there like did you did you uh did you study that yourself is there a book that you recommend for us you know that that is a great question uh i have i have been completely blessed um to grow up and learn in an enterprise a very large business right um for those that don't know i worked at boeing for 10 years before this uh, and the, I, I took the structures I learned from that and, uh, how to operate for granted, completely for granted. You know, you, there's a lot that can be said about that kind of environment that is, uh, overly bureaucratic and kind of sluggish in being able to create change. But what comes of it is a real respect for process and dynamics, uh, and I, I have learned from all of all of this just to be even more dynamic. Um, but what I can say in terms of what I've learned during this time and kind of who I am as a leader, I can say that uh, you need to understand roles. Roles is the biggest the biggest thing. And you can take this into life as well. Right. But everybody's got a role. 
and you've got to operate within that role, but you need to be humble in your role. And so even in my position, I don't know what, what I'm doing. Um, I don't know all of the answers. All I can do is create the best environment to have the best people, uh, come up with the best solutions. And, encourage them and support them all along the all along the way and that is different for every person so uh it's being being humble in your role and listening to people and understand how to bring the best out of people and that that is that is what this game is all about as a leader now blockchain development is a different animal because then you bring in community and i have learned a lot uh, when it comes to how to manage uh, with balancing the community, because in the end, they're 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 shareholders essentially, right, to the project you're building, and so um, you have to have that same kind of understanding of roles and humility, because you wouldn't really be successful if it wasn't for them. So you got to take a slice of that humble pie and just listen to what they're saying and. There's going to be a lot of it that is just chaff that doesn't have any real meaning and it can just carry a lot of negativity. You can't let that affect you, but you just have to listen and try to see, uh, see the truth in what they're saying and uh, be willing to navigate around that. So, no, I don't have any books that I could point to to say this is, you know, this is what I live by. All I can say is uh, the only times I've been successful only times that I've been successful is when I've been humble in my position and willing to listen. So that is, that is what I try to live by every day. And, uh, the community certainly goes a long way to help and keep you humble. And that's awesome to hear. Um, I, yeah, I, I totally get, you know, where that question comes from and how it works because, um, I've, I've had over a hundred employees under me with like, you know, 20 direct reports and it's, get, it gets crazy. It gets really crazy. Um, and knowing how to navigate through that is kind of huge. Um, I'll, I'll give you one book that kind of was pivotal in changing how I look at, you know, structure and teamwork. Um, check out John Maxwell's 17 Disputable Laws of Teamwork. Um, that book is honestly one of the best reads um, I've done when it comes to having teams work well together because at the end of the day you know and i'm pretty sure nicholas would be able to attest to this um he can't do everything he's only one one guy you know uh, unless the people working with him are able to accomplish these tasks come up with ideas like he was saying it it, it all is just going to fold and it's going to be very limited to what he can actually accomplish but having that team that works together well does mean everything and it's meant everything to me in the past and the companies that i've worked at um, and in leading others. So yeah, that's a, that's a really good one. Um, I'll, I'll put a link up so you guys have that as well. Um, if anybody has any other questions, please feel free to raise your hand. Cameron, anything on your end? Cameron's looking for the unmute button as usual. I know how that one works. <laughs> um, all right. With just a couple of minutes here left, let me ask you, Nicholas, um, when you came into this whole thing, coming from that large organization that you were with, was it everything and more that you expected it or were you like kind of wait 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 what did i sign myself up for um it can be in a good or a bad way it's totally fine because things are working great now um what was that experience like yeah it was um i mean i knew com coming into it that i had to be dynamic like i like i was kind of saying like get ready to have no expectations, right. Of how this is going to go. You're going to need to completely move around because like I said, you know, I had, I had, even when I moved around within the walls of Boeing through my 10 years there, we all spoke the same language. So you're able to communicate in a certain way. And so that, that really helped solidify uh, processes and be able to be agile. Right. And so this was like, it's just, you're coming into this and your job is to just create the structure to create efficiency and agility to move forward. Right. Um, and so coming into this, I was, I mean, there was like that little giddiness inside of me, the butterflies of like dream come true. Here we go. And I still have those to this day, but I, 
what I kind of expected coming into this was um, to, to come into like the bleeding edge of technology and everybody be uh, driving towards the same goals, right? Driving towards the same vision and which is, which is really an altruistic vision of achieving adoption of, of crypto. Right. And that was because of how I got exposed to crypto, uh, which was through Bitcoin and learning about the tech and what it could possibly achieve and having that extent through my whole vision of crypto going forward. And uh, what I had found in coming through this is you know, that's not true, that this is kind of this ecosystem, the grander crypto ecosystem just mirrors, uh, you know, the 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 regular business world, um, you know, <laughs> as as it stands for everywhere. Right. This is no no special space of special people that are all united under one goal. And so you it 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 forces you to take your stance. It forces you to take your stance and say, this is who we're going to be and what we're going to drive for and what our project means. And, um, and so that was, that was kind of the big eye opener for me is you can't necessarily rely on other people to help you achieve that goal. Uh, that, that the same, the same things that happen in this space are the same things that happen outside of this space in the regular old business world. So, that's that would be my my one thing that I learned from all of this is uh, humility in this position, but also be firm in, in your vision for what you want to achieve. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, um, with that, let me ask you, can you just share, you know, your socials where people can get connected with, uh, you know, with the KEDEX um, team, what, you know, they should be downloading for their phones and, you know, Chrome browser, just a couple of the the key things that they should be looking into about the project you're working on. Absolutely. So my Twitter, I'm right here at Nicholas Ramsrud, uh, our KEDEX official Twitter is at Cadex official through there. You'll see the link to discord where our DAO operates. So get involved uh, and also the links to the website, our X wallet. So if you've heard us talking about X wallet through this is at X wallet official, that is both a Chrome browser extension that works just like MetaMask and can connect to CADEX as well as an application uh, through iOS and Android, and that's X-Wallet, and you'll see it pop up there. Uh, that very soon will have connectivity through the mobile app experience to the website, so you'll be able to do both things. Um, so those are that's kind of our tech stack as it is right now. There's so much more coming. We're just like I said early on, we're just getting to the point where we're closing out all the bugs and the feature richness of Cadex, the platform. Then we'll start to work on uh, focusing more on X Wallet to get the browser extension to the same look and the feel of X Wallet mobile app because they're they're currently two different UIs, and then um, then we'll start to do things like you know connecting the mobile apps to the website. Uh, be able to do everything from swapping liquidity, DAO, all through that. We'll be launching our DAO with test proposals, getting that whole system working and testing, as well as looking at other technologies that we have yet to announce that we've been working on for the past couple of months, and all in the name of what's next and bringing DeFi to the next generation. So, uh, so much more to come. We didn't cross any finish line. We just hit a milestone. So, uh, come join us, get involved, and and let's build the future of DeFi. Awesome, man. I really appreciate it. And the, here, here's a tidbit for everybody. A lot of people love celebrating, you know, when the project kicks off or when a project is finished. Y'all, we got to learn how to celebrate the the milestones in between because, hey, there is a lot, a lot to be celebrated when you accomplish these milestones. And that's what keeps projects going. That's what makes people successful long term is not celebrating. Oh, yay, launch party. Oh, yay, completion party. No, no, no. You got to remember the, the work that takes place in between. 
is super important. I've been so excited to actually have the time to share with all of you guys to talk about how KEDEX is building and continuing to build because I don't think there's ever going to be a, hey, this is finished type of party. This is going to keep just going and going and going. And I'd love to have you guys back sometime to talk about the next big thing that you all put together and launch. So thank you so much for your time. And I really appreciate you coming out and speaking with all of us. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate the time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Looking forward to next time. All right, guys. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you on the next one. Next Spaces will be tomorrow with a bunch of people. I'll make sure to post that a little bit later. You guys have a great one. Take care. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Action CEO hosting a chat about decentralized trading, staking, and more with CADEX. Recorded on Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep a hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focus, star screen jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, vision in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds view. Gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop, ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth, slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement, could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. Vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Channel Spaces <laughs>